This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, Reed how's it going? It's once again my pleasure to introduce you to the first ever sponsors of the Blue Army Podcast. That's right, I'm talking about the old fire station Carlisle. And this time we have an event for you that is specially tailored towards the listeners of the Blue Army Podcast. It's a Q&A and an evening discussion with none other than former Carlisle United manager Mick Wadsworth, that's right, Mick Wadsworth, the promotion-winning manager from 1993 till 1996. A manager that had such players as Rory Delap, Richie Prokas and the late, great Tony Hopper in his squad. So once again, it'll be a and a and a discussion with Mick Wadsworth, which I'm sure will be a fantastic evening. All of this is in aid of Eden Valley Hospice and is taking place on the 6th of May. Tickets cost £12.50. Details of the event and many, many other events are available at the Old Fire Station's website, which you can find by typing in www.ofscarlisle.com. UK. Once again, that is www.ofscarlisle.co.uk. Get your tickets now and don't miss out. It's going to be a great night. My name is Chris Miller. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd and you listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Hello, my name is Derek Combs and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Awesome. Beautiful. You know the crack, man. There's a little bit of preamble, then I'll properly introduce you, I suppose, and uh, then we'll just uh, crack on with a bit of match crack. What's going on? There's been a lot of changes, hasn't there, since the last time we spoke, obviously. Uh, I'll ask you about the Legends game a little bit, how that got going, and, and, and sort of like who's been in contact with who, and a little bit of riffraff banter, uh, what your kits look like. You can tell us what your kits look like a little bit, and I'll post that picture this week and stuff, and uh, tell us who's sponsoring those or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff, mate. And then obviously, you have got your quiz um, that I put a bit of effort into today so I hope you're going to enjoy that at the end mate I do um, beautiful um, so yeah I mean like um, obviously you don't have to tell people sort of what happened to you if you don't want to talk about what happened to you but I do want to ask you how are you recovering how are you doing obviously how are you physically <laughs> I'm getting there now uh, 10 weeks ago I was in a, an accident with a lorry and I broke my leg in five places and I had to get a hip replacement but on the road to recovery hopefully I'll be okay in the next few months or so to resume activity so yeah all going well now it's been a long long road but we're getting there now 
Nice, nice. Um, and in case you haven't guessed, um, I suppose I'll do the proper introductions now, mate. Um, oh, Reed Maras, how's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is episode 64. And if you haven't already guessed, I'm talking to a man who has got more promotion medals than I've had hot dinners, mate. It is... Derek Holmes. Derek Holmes, mate. Say hello to the people. <laughs> How you doing, guys? It's nice to be back. Oh, mate, it's, uh, it's great to have you back. I think this is the third time we've had you on now, mate. That makes you top of the uh, top of the pyramid, as it were, in terms of ex-pro appearances. So really appreciate your time every time you're coming on. Um, this time, we're going to tackle some, um, some, some current stuff, I suppose, and then we've got a quiz for everybody at the end that's all themed. Uh, around you so um, as we always do here on the Blue Army podcast we normally kick things off by going through some of the ex-Blues birthdays that have been happening this week it's nice to walk down Nostalgia Avenue Derek and obviously if any of these name ring a bell for you you've probably played with a few of them um, just give us, <laughs> give, us a, give us a shout man so uh, Gary Meller um, a defender 1035 this week Hayden White turned 27 this week David Amu, who's a bit of a fan favourite still around Cumbria, turned 31 this week. Joe Garner was 34. Oliver Norwood is 31. And Jason Price, who has formerly appeared here on the Blue Army podcast, as well as your uh, self, Derek. So you're in a steam company, sir, uh, turned 45 this week. Um, he was a bit of a replacement for you, wasn't he, Jason Price? Have you heard any stories about him? No, no, a bit of a placement. I know we uh, we Joe Gardner. Uh, we we Joe was there when I was there. He was he came up from Black Blackburn, incredible talent. Uh, but no, Jason, I've no, no, never heard much much about him. Yeah, Joe Garner was uh, the record signing at the time, I think, mate. As, as well as like his career has gone on to do uh, a few twists and turns along the way. I think he ended up out in Cyprus for a couple of years. Um, and then we were we were looking at him uh, recently, apparently, if the rumoured dirt sheets are believed. Um, but he took the uh, uh, Fleetwood, I think he went down to Fleetwood. And um, I mean, happy Somebody birthday! Last, Go on, sorry. I thought he was, he was at Wigan, but that's that's the last. But did he? I know he went abroad. He was at Rangers for was it a couple of seasons at Rangers, and then. But yeah, he's done well. He's a, honestly, he was a fantastic finisher. That's it, mate. That's what I was trying to get on to. Yeah, he's done really well, hasn't he? He's got himself around the place and, and, and being a record signing, sometimes the pressure can get to some people. I know it's only a lower league team, but that sometimes means even more because it's a fishbowl, Carlisle, in many ways, isn't it? And that, and that pressure, you'll get noticed walking around Carlisle being the, the sort of like highest ever um, transfer budget, you'd imagine. But happy birthday to all those guys. Um, Derek, mate, you're coming back to Carlisle. Um, this week. I was going to obviously cover this in the news. It's uh, the Legends game happening at Brunton Park on Sunday. You were supposed to be involved. Uh, we've just spoken right at the start there so that people know uh, maybe why you won't be physically involved in the game because so, you're on your way to uh, recovery, as you've already mentioned there. But, mate, how did that whole thing sort of come around? Who started it? How did the messages start? Um, how did it appear? Is there a WhatsApp group now? What's going on? And how? How you know? I feel like we, me and you have been talking about it in hush hush for a while now. Yeah, we've got uh, the boys that were there when I was there. We've got a wee uh, WhatsApp group, and it came from uh, Lummy Chris Long Lumsden. Sent me a message one day. Just it was asking for my full phone number, and obviously got back in touch. And then it all stemmed from there. He added us all into a, a WhatsApp group, and Lummy was trying to get this game organised and it was it was on, it was off and who was going to play, who wasn't going to play, where it was actually going to be played because I think at first they were talking about playing at Penrith's ground and it snowballed from there and now it's obviously, if it's getting well documented, it's Sunday at Brunton Park at one o'clock which will be exciting to see everybody again. I think there's a... A good few boys coming up to play, and that'll be good. That'll be good fun to see. See, see everyone again. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a long list of uh, players that keeps getting dripped out every week. I think there'll still be a couple of surprises um, on the day. But one of the big names that have been announced is, of course, Michael Bridges is coming back uh, for the game, and and that that was a huge announcement. Um, I was lucky enough for you to tip me off for that one for the exclusive, mate. So uh, thank you very much uh, for that one. <laughs> I think the papers leaked that one off me, to be completely honest. And um, yeah, that's good. Then. That's good. Really. 
really appreciate these tips off uh, every now and again, Derek. And one of the other tips off you gave me is uh, what your kit's going to look like on the day. Now, I think it looks really smart. And I, I don't really know much about how you go around getting a kit together, like sort of like how, how you organise things. If, you, if you're even in a position to go, nah, I don't want to wear that at, at this point anyway. Um, but... Yeah. Was there a little bit of backwards and forwards? Was there a little bit of creative input from everybody on the shirt? Or was it like, was everybody just happy when they appeared? And, and, and no, where did you came from? Honestly, it just came from Lummy Saint as a picture. And uh, it was on the WhatsApp group. We've got the strip. We've got the, the what do you call it? The warm-up top. And so, no, it looks good. I don't know if you've, you've uh, posted it or anything, but no, it looks, looks, looks good. So, hopefully, hopefully, I'll get a strip. I've definitely got a warm up top, but hopefully I'll get a strip and we'll uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But no, it's where it's came from. I don't I don't know. I don't I, I don't know where he's where he's got them all from. But no, it'll be good. It'll be good to get the, the stuff back back on. <laughs> yeah, and obviously the fact that Michael Bridges is coming back is is it's going to be a bit of a, a ticket movie, you'd imagine. I mean, people just, just just love the guy, love the atmosphere around the city. But but a lot of people haven't really focused on on maybe the the '95 team. Is there any lads from there that you're looking forward to seeing? Maybe is there any names that are in the hat? Is oh, is that a completely different WhatsApp group? Is it just sort of like they're the other no, team and you don't think about different. it? That's yeah, excuse me. That's completely different. Uh, again, they'll they'll probably have have their own. They'll be looking forward for it as well. It'll be good fun, you know. It'll be. We'll say it'll not be serious, but you know what it's like once once everybody goes over that weight light line. But no, we'll we'll be looking forward to it. And it's all for a good cause, and you know the main thing is that we can all meet up in the day. We can and we can raise a raise a bit of money for something. And that's it. I mean, this podcast is going out on Wednesday, so that means the Legends game is on Sunday. So get yourselves down there to Brunton Park. Do you remember what time the kickoff is? Sorry, one o'clock. One o'clock at Brunton Park kickoff. Yeah. Fantastic. So get yourselves down to Brunton Park on Sunday. I mean, I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. And obviously, all the legends are going to be there. That's going to be the great thing to see. Uh, the back-to-back promotion winning team. That, Of course, Derek, you were a massive part of. And someone else who was a massive part of that team was, of course, Paul Simpson. And since the last time we spoke on the podcast, we haven't really had the chance to talk about his impact on the team. And the team are actually in a very similar position to what they were in when he originally took over. Now, you weren't in that relegated side um, but you were a part of the side that um, he, he rebuilt and, and then went out and got promoted with. But obviously there were hangers on uh, from that team and you felt the impact of Paul Simpson in the city and you've seen it, obviously, from afar. I mean, what can you say about that run of games? Five wins in a row, I think it was, like remembering back and, and then just sort of like the impact. Did that surprise you when he got the job or was it sort of like that's, that's what Paul Simpson can do at this level? Well, from my own experience, and you think about it, it was a no-brainer. You know, you bring Paul back, it, it brings, or I should say the gaffer really shouldn't have, but to bring him back is, <laughs> was, was, was a great coup for the club because at the end of the day, when he came, he's, he's brought success and it's going to give the fans a lift, it's going to give the club a lift. Even you see it with the players and then when he first came in, he got, was you say five results, five wins, you know, and the team was down there, and it didn't, didn't even. It looked as if they were a top six, six club. Never mind a bottom six, six club. So, yeah, it was great, and he's a fantastic manager, great man manager. Yeah, I can, I can speak from how he used to teach us. So, no, nah, it was a great, a great, a great appointment. Now, obviously, we, we, we got that great run of form there. We, we hit the ground running really well when Simpson took over. But recently, there's been a little bit of a stutter. Um, what's Paul Simpson like in those situations? Is, is he a positive manager throughout? Does he just sort of like, does he just brush off last week and then sort of crack on to next week? What's his style going from week to week when there's a bad result, a good result, a bad result? How is he? Is he consistent or does he change a little bit? It does change. I think, I think it all depends on the manner of, of the defeat. You know, I think if you go, you know, if you go and if he feels that it wasn't the way, I'm going to say he didn't try, but you know yourself, if, if you're out there and it didn't go, go, go for you and it didn't quite work out, he will raise his voice a wee bit, let, let me tell you, and he'll tell people a few home truths. But on the other side of it, he knows if you go out there 
and it just didn't quite happen for you and the, you didn't get the rub of the green then he'll turn around and say we should have won the day or whatever but no, I think it all depends on the manner of how you how you get beat <laughs> the, the manner of how you win as long as you win that's uh, he'll always but no he's he's very good at handling the situations if he needs to come in at half time full time and give people a, a rollicking as we would say then he'll, he's no qualms in doing it but on the other hand he'll He'll come in and he'll praise you to high, high hill. But everything he always does will always stay in the changing room and then everything else will go for there. Yeah, I mean, he's had, he's had some weird situations to deal with. I mean, this week as well. So we'll, we'll sort of go through a little bit of news this week, Derek. Um, there's been some weird things happening around Brunton Park. The first of which situations Simpson had to deal with was some of the youth lads um, having some disrespectful social media messages around a non-league team that they were playing in the Cumberland Cup. And some players were suspended because of that. So that's a weird situation to deal with. And this week um, in the news, Tranmere and Carlisle have both been fined by the Football League uh, for basically being unable to control their players in a melee that happened at Tranmere. Tranmere Rovers have been fined £3,000. The Cumbrians have been fined £1,500 after an incident in the 41st minute of their 2-2 draw at Prenton Park. Um, there was a red card shown to Callum McDonald and six other subsequent yellow cards were shown to different players. Derek, you must have been in a melee or two in your time. What, 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 from your experience, do you, do you, you have to get involved, don't you? Because you'll hear about it in the changing room, surely. You have to pull people away at least. You have to get involved, don't you? Yeah, well, it's it's like you know, teammates at the end of the day, and if someone accidentally hurts someone and something starts, it just boils over, emotions run high. And I actually seen the incident with the Tamir thing. Listen, see, most of the time it's all handbags, nothing was really ever going to kick, kick off, and but a bit of pushing and shoving. It's it's nothing really, but yeah, there's been a few. We were always alright. We'd Kevin Gray behind us, you know. We were always okay. We, didn't need anything, you know? we never, whenever he came forward, we were fine. He just went in front of everybody. He he handled it, and we were just fine. Uh, so great leadership on the pitch obviously lends itself to it. Maybe not quite as many fines. I mean, so when these fines do get handed out to clubs, um, have you ever been a part of this? Do the players does it get passed down to the players a little bit? Is that is, do you know what I mean? Is there something imposed on the players? Do you have to chip in, maybe? Or is that completely no, on the club? I, don't, I, don't, I, I can't recall ever when I played that we were in a... That we were ever in a stromash where the club got fined for not being able to handle the players. Uh, if we ever got, say for talking sake, it was an individual thing, uh, whether we get sent off for violent conduct or, as you say, about a push and shove or whatever, then it would be us that paid the fine. It would come out of wages or whatever, I so. Uh, but as a club thing, I think from speaking to other people, the club pay the fine, the club will pay it. Unless they think they were in the right, they'll appeal it, which could go either one or, one or two ways. Uh, but nine, nine times out of ten, they would just pay the fine and just, just go on it. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a pretty minimal amount to, to a football club, I suppose, in terms of... Like, when the revenue is going in week in, week out. Um, some better news, mate, is that um, in a loan report, basically, we like to do loan reports here on the Blue Army podcast, Taylor Charters, who was a young teenager who's out on loan at Gateshead at the moment, scored two goals at the weekend and his side won 6-0 against Gilesley and they regained their position at the top of the Northern Premier Division now, you yourself, you've gone out on loan uh, when you've been playing at, at, at quite a high level, and then you've had to go out on loan to maybe get just sort of like regular first team experience. I don't know what the managers say to uh, young kids, I suppose, but um, from your experience, dropping down those levels after playing in the first team because Taylor Charters has played in the first team a couple of appearances. Um, What's that like when you? What's that conversation like when you're sort of like when you've had a little stint in the first team and then you end up going out on loan? And do you feel like it did you better in the end? Always did me better, but I think it all depends on how you've left as well. You know, if if you're going out and the manager wants you to go out and he sees the potential there, and he's obviously gave you he's dipped your toe in the first team, gave you a few games, 
seeing how you react, uh, and then feels as if you need to go, maybe go and out loan, whether it's a month, a season, whatever it is, to go out and challenge yourself to play week in, week out, and handle the expectations of obviously playing in the first team, see if you can score goals, because it is difficult, and you've just got to go out, you've just got to... Obviously, you need to be a wee bit selfish as well because obviously you're trying to impress two managers because you're out and loan the manager. But ultimately, if they to impress, if it's Paul Simpson that sent them out, because they'll be sending people to watch whoever it is, myself or whoever's been put on loan. So you've got to go, you've got to go and be a credit to the club that you're at, the club, the club that you represent. So yeah, basically. It makes you grow up a wee bit, you know, and then if you're coming in, the players that are coming in, there'll be an expectation because obviously you're coming from a, I'm going to say a more senior, higher club. So there's a wee bit of weight in your shoulders there as well. So it, it, it gives you a wee bit of insight to, if you do go and do well, then you can come back to Kalil as this is and hopefully gets another shot, gets another few games and the experience will bring him on as well to more cement a place in Carlisle's first first team. So I always feel it done me it done me really, really good. You know, and obviously sometimes when you go out and loan, you don't go out and do too well, but that might not be because of that just might be the club might not be the fit for you. You know, the players, everything it might not be. But I always found that going out and loan was always good, especially Especially young, when you can go out different when you're older and you're not you're not getting a game and you need to go and try and re- reinvent yourself. But no, def, definitely, especially if you're going out your scoring goals because it gets you into habit of scoring goals as well. Yeah, I mean, it's also important, I feel like, that he's a part of a team that's challenging for the top of the league, challenging for promotion. The players around him that are in that squad, it would mean a lot to them to reach that next level um, in the football pyramid. And and you yourself, you were involved in, in, in sort of like a relegation battle at one time when you are out on loan and you've been involved in promotion pushes when you've been out on loan as well. So um, that's important because sometimes when you're a youngster, those experiences that you get in the first team can be and I don't mean to sound disrespectful but a little bit frivolous like a little bit sort of like we're winning 2-0 give them give them 20 minutes or maybe do you know maybe it's it's not necessarily the intensity that the 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 games you'll get at that lower level no but as well when you're out you tend to get 20 minutes here and there when you're doing well as you say so or when you're getting beat you get thrown on a manager, well, I would think, even like Paul's maybe think, thinking as well, when Carlisle were down there at the bottom, is it is it what you want to do to a young kid is throw him in very early and then the pressure's even bigger as well. Different when you're up there and you're challenging or else when you've really done it, you can just maybe give you games here and there. But when you're doing it week in, week out, that's when it shows. You know, you can always come in and for 20 minutes, half, half an hour, you can get a goal and look really, really, really good. You can go and play one game, look really good. But when you're out on loan, it's consistently, every day in training, consistently playing on a Saturday, you know. So it gives you that insight to doing it all the time instead of maybe one game here, two games here, and then you're out for five or six games and then the fans are wanting you back in. But if you're in all the time, relentless playing week in week out you've got to have a consistency doing it and that's that's ultimately what every young player who's out and loan wants to do they want to just go out and play consistently week in week out because that's what you want to do you want to you don't want to train it all week and then suddenly on a Saturday because a Saturday is what you build up for ultimately and if, if you go like and train this... sorry go on no go on you go I was, I was, I was going to say did you feel like there's, there's that pressure um, on the manager when the youngster comes from that town or from that area or from that youth academy because they like to see the sort of like the younger lads get pushed through maybe do you feel like that's a factor? Ah, listen, no doubt no doubt because it doesn't matter where you are or whether you're at Manchester United whether you're at Carlisle whether you're at Gateshead if you if, if you bring through a homegrown player you know the fans love it because he's yeah. one of their own as they'd always say isn't it that's that's it so and if they do come in and they start doing well then the fans 
they want to see him playing all the time, but they don't see the other side that where I know it sounds silly, they could be tired, the game might it might not be ready, so you can you can only throw them in every now and again. So yeah, there is that expectation and it can be hard on the manager as well, I would say, because he maybe feel a wee bit of pressure to play him because of he's a he's a homegrown player, especially if they're doing well, especially if he do come in and scores maybe one or two goals. So I can I can relate to that, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's there's two other Carlisle players out on loan at the moment, Tristan Abrahams and, and Menez Mempala. And you've already mentioned, you kind of just covered a little bit there. Uh, these two lads, mate, they're not playing that much when they're out on loan and they're at loan at a slightly lower level. And they're not uh, 19, 20, they're, they're 24, 25. Um, and and they've, they've, they've both kind of done okay at Carlisle United. They've both never really done too much wrong. But when, when a player gets brought in at a certain position and then doesn't start firing so that basically both of these lads are, are strikers and they never started scoring um, and at this level it's very cutthroat because um, there are more players getting drip, dripped down from, from the higher levels on loan or being released or or ex-Premier um, League players of an older generation maybe that are coming down so the chances are few and far between for these um strikers to start scoring goals and obviously you yourself as a striker you found yourself a niche also not just scoring goals but being a bit of a workhorse don't you think it's important that um you gain the experience to to be a a duo threat these days don't you feel like that's 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 a big part of the game you can't just be really good at one thing anymore as a striker you need to be able to to be more of a threat and that's what these lads are sort of failing at sorry my phone i thought i was talking to it it's a game, yeah. I think you have to have a wee bit more in your locker, unless you're just consistently scoring goals. You know, if you're a, if you're a consistent goal goal scorer, that's what everybody needs. You know, every club in the world is crying out for a goal scorer. But yeah, you do need a wee bit more now, uh, especially lower lower down. And it is difficult because as a wee bit cut through, as you says, if you're not doing it, then. Ten tendency says that you'll go out and get someone on loan and you'll bring them in and then your chance gets fewer and fewer. So yeah, I was I, I was I was lucky. I wasn't the greatest goal scorer in the world. I chipped in with a few goals, but I brought something different as well to the team. You know, and listen, I was fortunate as well because as you see, you'll see on Sunday if you're all doing there. The boys that I played with, we were we were good, we were in a good position. We were very fortunate. We were, we won things. So when things are going well, he's going to do the running. If you're not playing, who are they going to put on? <laughs> I don't think they'll worry about me if I, I didn't do much running anyway. So uh, I'll be doing to Carol Holly again. I think him and him and Michael. Bridges. And I think Danny Graham's coming as well. So Danny, Danny, I'll be there as well. Oh, he'll cover a lot then. He'll be all right then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't think there'll be that much anxiety or anything in the changing room on Sunday, but something that came out of the newspapers this week, Paul Simpson was talking about, there's a young uh, centre-back called Morgan Feeney who's been doing really well for Carlisle United uh, recently, especially under Paul Simpson. Unfortunately, it's came out recently that he's been suffering from panic attacks before the game at Tranmere and before the game at Walsall. And in fact, at Walsall, it contributed to him being substituted uh, during the game uh, just because he... It, it, you know, couldn't focus on the game, I suppose. Um, you yourself, mate, as a Scotsman, you made your debut against Rangers. Um, there, there was there was many fearsome competitors on the pitch that day. Surely you were nervous. Surely you can relate to this. And surely you've seen um, people with anxiety. This is a real issue, isn't it? This happens. This happens more than people are talking about, surely. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, and... It's the nerves, as you say, I made my debut against Rangers, so it was it was exciting. It was oh nervous, and because I think we we have there's certain things and aspects you don't want to let people down as well, you know. And people get so nervous. I always felt that you just didn't want to let anyone down. And then if you made the slightest mistake, then you kind of go into yourself a wee bit, you go into your shell and but yeah, I can totally under understand how especially especially now because it's more 
out there. You know, you go and play in a game and social media is huge. When I played, it wasn't as big. It was the internet. It was the fans, fans forums where, I mean, I was a bit thick-skinned. I didn't really care what people said. <laughs> certain things, but I can imagine now it's like all these Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and people talking all if you have a bad, if you give a penalty away or you score an own goal. Or it, it just goes a wee bit too far sometimes. And people need to realise that footballers as well, they're only human as, as well. And, you know, they are going to be they're going to be nervous. They're going to make mistakes. So, yeah, that's... But the other side of the quit is part of society now, isn't it? Yeah. It should, it should be openly talked about a bit more and I feel like Paulson's made the right move in doing it. Um, yeah. And, and that, that's also why I wanted to sort of cover well, listen, it a little bit. The, 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 the boys in the dressing room will be... They'll be, so, they'll be so much behind it and behind them. You know, they'll look after them. The club will look after them and uh, anything they need's... But, He'll be fine, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll learn to deal with it. And he's a top player, you know, you see he's doing really well under Paul. So he's, it's just a matter of just trying to focus and hopefully hopefully he can channel it and hopefully he can, he can get it under control. And listen, he'll be totally fine. The players and the, the staff and the club as a whole look after him. Yeah. Um, I mean, so this weekend, mate, it's, it's it's a little bit different. It's the Easter weekend in football, which means that you play on the... I mean, you know this, but it means that you play on the Friday and, and, and then you play again um, on the on the Monday. So it's 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 a lot of football in a short amount of time, in a very uh, time of the year where things can get a bit hot as well, you know? So physically, um, do you feel like this weekend's harder to prepare for than other weekends? Does it sort of like break your routine up a little bit? Um, did, do you know, what, what, was it anything to overcome for you? Did you think about it when it came up? Was it noticeable? No, 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 not really. You just, it's, it's so cliche when you're a player, or manager, whatever, you just take one game at a time. Well, the only thing is, the good thing you can see is, especially for Kalil, as you've seen Easter weekend and the Friday, they got beat, but today they won. So you can go over it pretty quickly where you don't have to really worry about a full week. Uh, the, other side of the, the other side of the coin is two games coming in quick succession. The squads, injuries, things like that can maybe go against you, go for you. And it's a bit of a massive weekend as well. For It can relegate, promote playoffs. It can determine a lot of the things as well. So it's an exciting weekend for the top end of the table, but it can be super nerve-wracking for the clubs at the bottom end of the table. Well, that's it. I mean, we feel like we've been chasing this one extra win for a while now. And today it finally came. We're recording on the Monday, just so the listeners know. And, and this episode will go out on the on the Wednesday. But um, Carlisle managed to win 1-0 today. But unfortunately, they did lose 1-0 against Walsall on the Friday. And uh, Derek, as we always do here on the Blue Army podcast, we uh, start the match crack off with the Carlisle United starting lineup for the game on Friday against Walsall, which was Mark Howard in goals, Simeon. Feeney, McDonald, Meller and Dickinson across the back five. Gibson and Mellish uh, in the midfield two with Patrick Dennis and Otamei playing as a kind of front-facing three. Now, this is a little bit different to what Paul Simpson has been doing recently uh, at Carlisle United. He has played the back five, but then he's played a midfield three uh, with a front facing two. Now, obviously, you've been a part of the Carlisle United side under Paul Simpson. That changed from 4-4-2 into 4-4-3. My question is, Derek, is is, is it difficult for um, football players to adapt to formation changes or is it just, does it click? You know, does does it just sort of, does it click or it doesn't click? Is it very quick? You know what I mean? Does managers stick with it or what's that kind of like when you have to go through a formation change? Just, Either works or it doesn't work, and it's all down to player personnel. You know, we Paul the gaffer when we played was four three three, which worked. Well, you see, it worked tremendously. We get two promotions out of it, and I think when we were in the conference, it was four four two, and then as it changed to when we went into League Two, it kind of changed because we brought Michael Bridges in. We kind of played the four three three which worked as long as... But us, the three centre-forwards was myself, Carol Holly, and Michael. But 
one of us had to know a role from defending. So as long as you know your job uh, from defending to attacking, I know it sounds a wee bit cliche, but the gaffer always told one of our strikers that when we didn't have the ball, one of us didn't matter what one of the three it was, had to just kind of go slightly over to the left. So it kind of was kind of fell into a fourth four two. But uh, I just think you know yourself that a formation will only work if you get the right players. You know, we'd, we, as I say, when our style of play was we had three in the middle, but we had three workhorses. You know, we had Paul, obviously, Lummy, Lums, Paul Lumsden, we had Chris Bally, you know, and then also we had, like I said, Brendan McGill, who could who could run up and down the line all day, you know, Peter Murphy, Murph, if he wasn't playing at the back, he was in the middle of the park, great technical ability. So it's all down to pers- personnel because there's no point in playing a certain system if you haven't got the players because it just won't work. That's important as well. None of these players are really players that Paul Simpson brought in himself. So obviously he is adapting to, to what he has and sometimes it's going to work for him and sometimes it isn't. And when he's got a team like he had when you were there, um, he, he knows the personnel slightly better. He knows what he's recruited in and he knows what they're more adaptable to be able to play in. And so those transitions can happen a bit smoother. On this occasion, unfortunately, though, it didn't really work uh, for Carlisle United. And the manager did seem a little bit disappointed in his post-match comments. But the uh, the goal itself was on the back of a mistake, really. Um, unfortunately, Kelvin Meller lingered a little bit too long on the ball and uh, the attacker just took it from his toe. And uh, Derek Roundier, we don't really like to dwell too much on defeats to be completely honest but you are an attacker um, it must that feeling must be great when a defender just lingers too long and you can just steal it off his toe and, and get in on goal right that must just be boom that's this is what that's what you're playing for isn't it? that must be fun oh definitely <laughs> Def, definitely you like to punish one of defenders mistake yeah but, uh, it's, it's unfortunate when it's your own team uh, but it's always good when it's the opposing team and you take the ball off them or they must maybe for talking sake the Short, short back pass, short header, or something you can nick in, take take the ball and score. Uh, but it's not very nice when it happens to yourself, you know, when one of your defenders. But hopefully you can rectify it if there's enough time in the game. If there's not, then we were always quite good at just dusting it down and just channeling ourselves into the next game. As I said, we were we were very fortunate. I don't think we lost many games that year, so very very fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Not dissimilar to the Carlisle's more recent runner form as they return to winning ways today. Now, obviously, because it's Monday and Carlisle only played a couple of hours ago, it's quite hard for me and Derek to have seen any highlights or anything uh, from the game. I was lucky enough to see the effort uh, from Patrick Omari, um, Omari Patrick. Uh, Derek, you must have heard of this uh, talented winger. He can play on both sides and he can play up front. He's recently signed an 18-month deal uh, from Burton Albion. He really really has started to claim himself to be Carlisle's most valuable assets off late. What is it like when you go through a goal scoring run and how, and do you try and maintain it? Do, do you start getting superstitious? Do you start trying to remember what you did last time and, and put your boot on the right way? Do, do you start getting silly with it? What's, what's it like to go on a goal scoring run? I don't really know. Was that really on a goal scoring run? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, you always it's it's amazing. You no, know, you'll get uh, even even if you I was very one of them, even if you're playing well for certain things, you know, you would super you would always think uh, I wouldn't go as far as put my left foot on first my right foot, but silly things like if the team's doing well and you've played well, you I would I would always I always like to leave the changing room last. Which probably didn't really matter. It's just one of them that's in your head. Uh, I dare say, if you were scoring week in, week out, you would, you would be a wee bit superstitious. But there's certain folk who just don't bother. Certain folk just go on with it and just get changed, go out, do what they've got to do. You know, certain things. When we were doing well, you always warmed up. You done your warm up, but when you done your own individual routine, you done the same thing week in, week out until. You didn't do well, you didn't score, and then you would just totally change it, which is strange. 
<laughs> get a haircut, to put a different pair of boots oh, on, just whatever it took. Nah, that was it. You would change it. You would just change. <laughs> no, I mean, I can imagine if you ever get sent off or something, you would just say, I'll put them in the bin. Well, we'll no use them again. <laughs> the luxuries, man. The luxuries of a new pair of boots. Um, I remember, mate, uh, many, many moons ago, stabbing a horrible pair of uh, red Nike boots with a compass just so I could get a new pair of boots because they just didn't feel right, you know? They just, I, I just stopped scoring all of a sudden and I wouldn't, they wouldn't buy me another pair of boots. And quite rightfully so, in the end, I had to walk around with some holy boots for a couple of weeks before uh, I saved up enough pocket money to buy some more. Um, I don't know why I went on that tangent, Derek, but thanks for listening <laughs> to it. Um, it's time to uh, move on to a little bit of fun, mate. Um, it's time for the Derek Holmes quiz. Um, I've made this up completely on my own, so it's it, it, hopefully most of the information is correct. Um, but by all means, if anything comes up, mate, yeah, if anything comes up, like feel absolutely free to dob me in it. Um, but um, I've got ten questions for you. Some of them are some two pointers, and um, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to find I'm gonna have to find where I've dropped my pen because I won't be able to remember this stuff. This one will do, mate. I've got a pen now. Fantastic. Um, are you ready for this, Derek? A quiz about yourself. Have you ever done such a thing? <laughs> no, let's crack on. Let's, let's crack do on. It, <laughs> Question one, mate, uh, and it's a little bit of a pathology through your early footballing career. So at least it's it follows an arc. So that's a little bit of a insert, a clue for you, I suppose. Um, you made your debut in a three-one win against Rangers on May the tenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Um, at the time, <laughs> it was common practice for the starting eleven to wear the numbers one to eleven. Can you remember the Rangers players who were wearing number eight and nine? One point each. I'm going to say eight was Gascoigne. Yes, eight was Gascoigne. Well played. Nine. Right. I know McCoyce didn't play. So it will be... One of two, it will either have been Charlie Miller or Derek McInnes. <laughs> it was McInnes. Derek McInnes, was it Derek McInnes? You got two, you're in there with two, you're on the board straight up and, you, and, you, and you're scoring, mate, you're scoring. I mean, what was that like, mate? The stories of Gascoigne in the tunnel, did he get up to anything? Did he realise it was your debut? Was the, what's it like in a yeah. tunnel, mate? And you know, what, What's that first experience like when you can hear the crowd properly going above your head? Oh, it was it was it was unbelievable. It's a thing you'll 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 never forget. Uh, always mind. Obviously, when the team get named, uh, all all the kind of ground staff you were calling it back then, but the youth players were running out, and they were saying, "Derek's playing." They used to call me Homer's playing. Homer's playing. So, uh, try one of the boys. Gascoigne was in the in the tunnel and they turn around and, and says uh, tell Homer I'm I'm going to I can't mind it was going to nutmeg me or something you know, <laughs> it, it was it was it was mental but actually going out for the warm up and you're warming up on the pitch it kind of starts to sink in as we were talking about earlier super nervous and you're obviously because you're playing against Rangers Rangers had just won I think it was eight in a row or something they just or nine in a row they just won something and fantastic team you know Gascoigne for me was probably one of the best players in the world at one time uh, so just even being the same pitch as him was, was amazing so it was an unbelievable day unbelievable feeling great great, great occasion and to get a victory as well was just unbelievable <laughs> that's it man 3-1 against uh, like you said a team that were on top of the league you would never have been expected in a million years to win no. it and on your debut as well on top of that mate you really you had, you had a charm existence and that, that leads on to the the next uh, question uh, you went on to play for Hearts in Europe as part of the UEFA Cup Winners Cup but unfortunately Hearts were knocked out in the first round to uh, Mallorca uh, across two legs, the final scoreline being 2-1. But which Hearts player scored the only goal in the first round? Well, for Hearts. 
Jim Hamilton. Jim Hamilton is correct. Jim Hamilton is correct. Yeah. And uh, you're on the. It, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the goal? Yeah, in Mallorca. Uh, they had scored, and I, I think we, maybe five, ten minutes later, uh, the ball got played up. And Hammy, we called him, got the ball and he's just turned and hurt a great shot with his left foot and it's went in the bottom corner. And honestly, we were so unlucky after that because I think I come on maybe 20, 20 25 minutes, minutes to go. And I, if I remember correctly, I hurt the outside of the post about five minutes to go, which if we'd scored, would they put us through? But they were a fantastic team. I think they went on that year and won it. Yeah, they they got they got to the final from from what I saw. They might have won it, but I, I wasn't looking at it. They're definitely finalists, but I didn't click on the link. Um, so the, you might be absolutely right there, mate. They probably did. Um, they they had some good players as part of the team. They had the young lad there, Danny, who went on to play like all yeah. across Europe. Um, but yeah, um, question three, mate. You've you've got three out of three available points so far. So we'll <laughs> move on to another one. Uh, this is only a one pointer. So here we go. Uh, towards the end of your time at Hearts, you went out on loan to Rafe Rovers, uh, scoring a goal that pretty much secured their uh, safety in the division. But against which team did you score a goal that uh, basically meant your side won two goals to one? Well, funnily enough, a wee boy come down the other day and showed me this. <laughs> it was quite amazing that you brought this up. It was against uh, Hamilton Ackes. Yeah. At, at <laughs> and he came down and showed me, which, look, looking back, can't, I can remember the goal when he showed me it, but it was such a big game, you know, when you think back that whoever won that game was basically staying up and we got the goal in the last minute of the game. So it was, it was amazing. It was Hamilton Academicals. It was, mate. It was. I mean, you've got four out of four available points so far and it's better than what I do on uh, most quizzes. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, hats off to you, man. Hats off to you. And like we were both talking about earlier on about loan deals and, and players going out on loan. That's a real life experience scoring those goals. You know, does, does, does it really add up? Do you really have a cooler head the next time you go to a cup final? Or is every sort of cup final, every relegation battle, every sort of occasion like that, it's always nervy if that's just the sort of person you are well for me it was just oh you, you always kind of never well for me this is me talking about myself never really got nervous until you were actually between the dressing room and walking out into the tunnel to go onto the pitch once you were on the pitch and the referee blowing the whistle then it's like a normal Saturday it's game on but you can feel the tension in and around it you know especially Cup finals are different. Like when, if you go back to the Carlisle days when we got to the, was it the LDV Vans Trophy at the Millennium Stadium against Swansea? That was just a great occasion. That was just that was a great week. Obviously, the result wasn't great, but we done. It was just it was a great, just great to be part of it. But then when we won the league, the league, as I said to you probably previously. We got beat, was it Exeter or someone beat us 3 0 at Brunton Park? And we were absolutely terrible, terrible. And I think if we'd won that game, we were, I think we were, I'm sure we were promoted. No, I think we were actually going to go up. I think that was us up and we got hammered. I'm sure it was Exeter or something, I can't really remember. Then, as I said to you, on the Tuesday, we had the chance we went away to Rochdale on the Tuesday night, which was very short. and I was, I was pretty nervous because obviously there's a wee bit of, it sounds silly but a wee bit of self-doubt creeps in because you get beaten the Friday and then the Tuesday we drew enough Nietzsche against Rochdale I'm sure but that was enough to get us up so then the relief was away <laughs> and uh, the relief comes in many ways for a professional footballer and uh, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of bars in Carlisle that also benefited uh, from that <laughs> night Um Question number, I think we're on question number 
four now. Yeah, question number four now. Uh, in 1999, you signed with Ross County for a possible two points, mate. Can you tell me the name of Ross County Stadium and the club's nickname? Oh, God. Right. The nickname's the Staggies. The nickname is the Staggies. Yeah, nickname is the Staggies. No. The name of the stadium is the Something Energy now, isn't it? It's called the Something Energy. It has, cha- it has changed its name, but you, I'm going for the original. Oh, you want it when I was there? When yeah. I was there? Yeah. Oh, God. When I was there? <laughs> it was called... No, I'm lost. Uh, Gone. I know the nickname is the Staggies, and the stadium was. Oh, Think of like an old lady's name. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> oh, an old lady's name. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's totally, I'm not, honestly, Victoria no, Park it was, mate. Victoria, Victoria Park, Park it was. That's the one, man. That's the one. But that's, uh, you know, five out of a possible six, mate. You're not doing bad. And, and we're at the halfway point now. So you, you're pretty much smashing it, mate. Um, doing better than what I thought. I love that. I love the nickname, the Staggies. Just cause it's, it's Scottish, in it. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't yeah. get that name anywhere else in the world, would you? It's, 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 it's slang, isn't it? So it's fantastic. Um, Question number five, mate. You made the long drive from Ross County to Bournemouth uh, to sign with the Cherries. According to Google Maps, oh, wait, this is going to be a bit of a screwball for you. According to Google Maps, and I'll give you within 10 miles, uh, what is the shortest route from Ross County to Bournemouth in miles? <laughs> what is true? In a car. You want, so you want me to give you the miles? Yeah, if you can. Within 10 oh. miles, I'll give you... No, within 20, that's probably a bit harsh. Oh, brilliant. So, right, I'm going to work this out quite... So, I went 110. <laughs> you got the maths going. I'm going to see 740. Oh, apparently, according to Google Maps, the shortest way to drive is 624 miles. Wow. Well, Which is still 10 hours and 52 minutes. That's a shift. <laughs> that's a shift, mate. That's a shift. And you did that, man. You did that. So you could play for Bournemouth. Um, and look at them now. Look at them now. I mean, I mean, they're, they're, on, the they're verge, just on the verge. On the verge of going back up into the Premier League. Um, do you do you still have any ties down that way? I mean, you played up to hundred games with them. Is, is is they the kind of club that 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 looks after ex players like that? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, when Eddie and that was still there, I went down, took my wee boy down, they watched Arsenal uh, when they were in the Premier League, which but big uh, Steve Fletcher and that's still there. So, yeah, they still look at the same we kind of most clubs. You know, if you've got ex teammates that are coaches or whatever, they, you'll, you'll get looked looked after. You know, if, as I say, if you want to go to Carlisle or that, you just kind of phone up and hopefully you know somebody that's still there and they'll look after you. But, Nine times out of ten, you, yeah, you do the kind of they try and try and accommodate you. Oh man, it's nice to know that there's still a bit of hospitality left in football like yeah. that, man. Um, question number six. Oh, wait, we got where, where did we get that? We got that one wrong, didn't we? So we got five yeah. out of seven. Five out of seven. We're, still, we're not doing bad. We're not doing bad. Question number six. Whilst at Bournemouth, you briefly played with a young American fullback who eventually also. Signed for Carlisle United. Can you remember his name? American. American. Defendor. <laughs> it was only a brief time. You only overlapped a very short amount of time. No, because I'm trying to think. It was one Cummingson. Uh, he played there for years. It was Kieran McInnesby who came in from Fulham. American. No, totally. I think I'm not sure it might have been on loan from Arsenal at the time, but it's Frank Sinek. Um, and I don't think I don't know if you guys played together at Carlisle as well. I don't know if you did. We didn't play Carlisle because at Carlisle, I'm sure Murph played the first wee part, name is Saint Zigor, Aaron Alba. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't think you guys. That's why I wanted to say eventually he signed for Carlisle. I didn't want to say that you definitely yeah. played together at Carlisle, like because no. I don't think you no. did. Nah. No, no, but um, no. I mean, I did have a bonus. Do you want the bonus point? Do you want the bonus question? It's a, I mean, it's go a then. one in fifty chance that you'll get it right. You may as well go for I'm it, leading. mate. I think, um, I think I'm leading it. From what state? From what state do you think uh, he's from? Ohio. Oh, it's Missouri. It's Missouri. But it doesn't really matter anyway, man. It would have been a miracle. <laughs> One in 50 chance anyway that you're going to get it right. Um, so question number seven, maybe we got five out of eight so far. We're doing absolutely fine. Um, after signing with Carlisle United, this is when it's obviously going to start getting good, pal. After signing with Carlisle United <laughs> against which team did you make your league debut for the Blues? Which team? Which team did you make your league debut against for Carlisle United? Stevenich, uh, no, was it Stevenich? Oh. We lost, we lost one now. Uh, Lincoln. Oh man, it was Steve. You played Stevenage back to back, and you didn't play in the first game. Apparently, this is the information I have from Sky Sports News: is that right. you, you, no. you lost against Stevenage, and then the next game you beat them. No, I played. No, I played the game. We lost one now. Sure, I think. That, 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 that was down there at their pitch. That was, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I played that game. I started that game. I don't think I was supposed to start it. Was that your I debut did. then? So that was your debut against Stevenage? Yeah, but did we, did we play them back to back? I think I, okay. what I saw, it was back to back. It was weird because they were both league fixtures. And then obviously you played them in the playoff finals as well. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we played. Because we lost one now because I nearly scored a back kill, which I've never done in my life before. <laughs> uh, yeah, we lost one now. I'm trying to think. Try to think because I played. Yeah, because we played them down there. We lost one now. Because I always mind after after every game, I always gave my strip away. My mind gave my strip strip away. But yeah, I'm sure it was Stevenage, yeah. Stevenage, I was going to say Lincoln, but Lincoln is a totally different. I'm just, it's a, it's a stadium I'm trying to picture, but yeah, it's definitely Stevenage. Yeah. That's it. I'll clean that up in the edit, mate. It's Stevenage, mate. Yeah, it was uh, brilliant, man. That's uh, that's six out of nine. Um, Stevenage was the debut team. Um, I mean, it, it's um, Stevenage, you played them back to back. I mean, what's that like? Like, it, it must be a deja vu feeling. It very rarely happens. Um, and, and obviously, um, you don't really remember it happening there because it must be a bit confusing. Well, def- definitely. The only time you probably ever comes across is when you maybe play them in the playoffs. You know, you would play them back to back. But yeah. to, play, to play in a league fixture back to back, or maybe a cup, cup game, you know, as you see. Liverpool, Man City, we're doing there, but no, it's a wee bit, it's a wee bit different, especially if you're playing them home and away. You know, it's 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 like a totally different fixture when you're playing at your home ground. You're playing at away ground. You know, it's different setup, different tactics, different environment. So, yeah, it was a. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, it was a. Uh, it was good, disappointing result, but it was good. Yeah, man, can't win them all. But man, you are you are pretty much winning this quiz, mate. Um, <laughs> six out of nine. Question eight. We're nearly through them, pal. Um, that same year, Carlisle United were promoted via the playoffs. Who played in goal for Carlisle United in the playoff final? Playoff final, Matty Glenn. It was Matty Glennon. It was. I thought Kieran Westwood might trip you up because he was there, no, Matty, and then he Matty, went into yeah. the first team. I thought he might trip Listen, you up, mate. You'll, you'll you'll never forget Matty's wonder penalty saves. That that will go down in history. <laughs> That's something that will never ever leave you. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I could get you on that one, man. But um, we move on. We move on. Um, after promotion in those back-to-back seasons, um, uh, after promotion, sorry, to the English Football League, Carlisle's first league opponents back in League Two were who? Uh, back in League Two, who was our first game of the season? Oh, now you're talking. <laughs> We're in the we're in the back two questions. I had to start making them hard at some point. I'll give you a bonus point if you remember the uh, if you remember the score line as well. I don't know who we played. <laughs> yeah, 
Right, I'm going to say this right, but it's probably wrong. Hereford, 0-0. Oh. Oh, it was a draw, it was a draw, but it was against Wickham and it was 1-1. Right. Apparently so, according to Sky. <laughs> it could have been. I can mind playing Hereford not many day this season. I, can't, yeah. I don't know if that was Kaleo and it was 0-0. Zero, zero. It was absolutely toasting. Toasting. Was it Wickham? Apparently it was Wickham. Apparently it was Wickham. Apparently Could it was been. Wickham. Uh, there was recently a picture that appeared on Hereford Market of a Carlisle United rug that went viral recently. Uh, so it's, it's weird how how the, how, how the how clubs can just travel up and down the length and breadth of the country. Mate, you must have been on holiday and bumped into somebody random who recognised you from a random football team. Have you ever, have you ever been somewhere abroad and been recognised as as as, uh, as as yourself, Derek Holmes? By a player, or by fans, by fans all the time. My wife yeah. says to me all the time. My wife says to me all the time. Back then, not 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 now, but back then, she always used to tell me that we, we couldn't go anywhere without somebody turning around and saying, "How you getting on, Homer? That's dead homes." <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's such a small world when you think of it. That's it, man. Um, question number 10, mate. We've got through them pretty much now. Um, seven out of 11. I reckon that's really good going. Uh, by the end of the campaign, you did your teammate, you and your teammates won promotion as champions, which has since cemented this squad into Cumbrian legacy. Um, add into the fact it was back to back promotions. Uh, the final question is, sir. Uh, what was the total number of points at the end of that League Two campaign? Well, it has 77. Oh, it was 86. 86. Was it? 86, which in my trade means uh, forget about it. There's no more left and we're not doing any more. And there's no more questions left for you, Derek, mate. We're 86 in the questions. You've done seven out of 12. I reckon that's really good, man. I reckon that's really good. I was, uh, if that was me, I don't think I would, I would have got all the chance. Above 50%, it's all we can ask. Yeah, man, more than 50%, man. Yeah, exactly. Mate, thank you so much for joining me here on the Blue Army podcast. As you can see, I get so excited when I get to have you on the podcast. It means an awful lot to me, and I know it means an awful lot to the listeners. And everybody is obviously looking forward to the Legends game on Sunday. Um, Mate, I don't think there's anything left for me to do, but just say thank you very much for joining me, Paul. Thank you so much. No, no worries. Love it every time I come on. Hopefully, people will come out on Sunday and support a good cause, and it'll be good to see everybody there. Hopefully, the weather's good and we can get a good turnout. That's it. This Sunday, one o'clock at Brunton Park. Get yourselves down there. I'll be posting it all over my social media as well. As that kit pit, that naughty little kick pit that you sent me, mate. I'll be posting that kit. Yeah, just pick. Get it. 100%. <laughs> Couldn't get the word out, man. Couldn't get the word out. But I'll be posting that picture on the social media alongside this episode. And uh, Drawn of My Mind has done a beautiful cartoon of yourself, Derek. And uh, that'll be getting posted out there on social media for people to have a look at. So thanks very much to him for doing the artistry on the artwork for the episode. Thanks very much to Derek Holmes for being a guest. And thanks very much for you to listening. And of course, our sponsor, The Old Fire Station. This has been episode 64. And there's nothing else for me to say... Apart from bye for now. <laughs> oh, man. Cheers, dude. Oh, thank you so much. How's it going? It's once again my pleasure to introduce you to the first ever sponsors of the Blue Army podcast. That's right, I'm talking about the old 
Fire Station Carlisle. And this time we have an event for you that is specially tailored towards the listeners of the Blue Army podcast. It's a Q&A and an evening discussion with none other than former Carlisle United manager Mick Wadsworth. That's right, Mick Wadsworth, the promotion-winning manager from 1993 till 1996. A manager that had such players as Rory Delap, Richie Prokas and the late great Tony Hopper in his squad. So once again it'll be a Q and A and a discussion with Mick Wadsworth which I'm sure will be a fantastic evening. All of this is in aid of Eden Valley Hospice and it's taking place on the 6th of May. Tickets cost £12.50. Details of the event and many, many other events are available at the Old Fire Station's website, which you can find by typing in www.ofscarlisle.co.uk. Once again, that is www.ofscarlisle.co.uk. Get your tickets now and don't miss out. It's going to be a great night. My name is Chris Filler. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd, and you listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Hello, my name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.